Hi, this is Father Ian Van Heusen here at the Art of Living Well podcast, where I take an opportunity in the audio format to have longer conversations and to delve a little bit deeper into topics. So in the next few episodes, I'm having a conversation with Alana Burke about discernment. So you can check it in. What we're going to do is we had the conversation over the course of an hour on Facebook Live. And then what we're doing for y'all is we're going to cut it up into segments and release one a week. So I hope you guys can follow along with the conversation. And you can check previous, uh, if this is in the the second or third, you can check out the previous ones to get the context of the whole conversation. Um, But thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and Alana. In the case of those who go on earnestly striving to cleanse their souls from sin, and who seek to rise in the service of God, our, of God our Lord, to greater perfection. The method pursued is the opposite of that mentioned in the first. Then it is characteristic of the evil spirit to harass with anxiety, to afflict with sadness, to raise obstacles backed by fallacious reasonings that disturb the soul. I love that fallacious reasonings, incorrect. Thus he seeks to prevent the soul from advancing. It is characteristic of the good spirit, however, to give courage and strength, Consolation, tears, inspiration, and peace. This he does by making all easy, by removing all obstacle, so that the, the soul goes forward in doing good. Now, I think it's important. I'm going to just continue on with rule three, because I think it's important to, to flesh out a little bit more what's meant by consolation. So, I call it consolation when an interior movement is aroused in the soul, by which it is inflamed with the love of its creator and the Lord, and as a consequence, consequence can love no creature on the face of the earth for its own sake but only the creator of them all it is likewise consolation when one sheds tears that move to the love of god whether it is because of sorrow for sins or because of the sufferings of christ our lord or by any other reason that is immediately directed to the praise and service of god finally i call consolation every increase of faith hope and love and all interior joy that invites and attracts to what is heavenly and to the salvation of one's soul by filling with peace and quiet and its creator and Lord. So the big thing I want to draw attention to as in our early experience is that there's a sorrow for sins. that's the work of the Holy spirit. And there's a sorrow for sins. that's the work of the enemy. I think that's the key. And, and so in the exercises, this, these, these rules are given in the first week when you're praying for sorrow for sins and you're meditating on hell and your unworthiness and so like there in that part of that can be freeing, which actually I do a lot in spiritual direction. Like I, I, ha, I ask people, invite people to meditate on hell and purgatory and things like that. And that can be incredibly freeing, or it can also be like incredibly self-conscious and inhibiting. And now do you see that early on in your conversion? Like that there could be a sorrow for sins that was like being overly self-conscious. Does that make sense? I, that makes sense. Um, does it, are you talking more of like a scrupulosity? I think it could tend, it could tend to that. It might be less extreme. Okay. It could, it could tend in that direction, but it doesn't have to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I definitely can see, um, both in probably in, in my slow walk. Um, and the scrupulosity tendency was definitely harder to because then it was like more of a, a condemnation self-condemnation because like why can't you do you know like more what are the words that I'm looking for mm. it was harder to accept when 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 it was the Holy Spirit it was 
enlightening and like, oh, I need to change. And then I was able to do it. But when it was more of the scrupulosity, it was, um, it made it harder to move forward. Does that, am I communicating? That makes perfect, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, and I, it's going to flesh it out a little bit is early on. So when you first have that conversion, your guilt and your shame motivates you to change. And so I think you start to think subconsciously that when you feel that guilt and shame for things, that that's good because it worked in the past. Mm -hmm. like it worked in the initial conversion, but now it's not working anymore. It's like, it's keeping you inhibited. It's keeping you trapped. And sometimes it's, it can even like make you a little bit rigid. I think it, it would be paralyzing. That's, that's one of the words I guess I'm, I was looking for. It's more paralyzing and it's like, well, if I can't do this, then I can't do any of it. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Like it makes it, it makes you feel like you can't move forward, which is part, part of the desolation, right? Exactly. In, from the enemy. Um, but you feel like you can't move forward. Even though, even though God's grace is still there, mm -hmm. you don't always, in the desolation, you don't feel it. Absolutely. So let's transition to that a little bit. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit, transition our second segment, bad days. So, yes. So bad days. So, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a bad day I had recently. So something I can share, I should have prepared a little bit better. And I, I definitely prepared, but, um, you know, bad days. Um, oh, well, I'll tell the one I've told, I've told a few times when, when I was having a really bad day, I was tired. It was raining. And, um, you know, I was feeling just not very well loved, not cared for. And um, I was, I was trying to get a hold of this person who was dying to uh, give them last rites. And we were playing phone tag. I was getting frustrated with the whole situation. And then, you know, I pull into their drive. They're not there. I'm like, dang it. They're not here. And I'm pulling out and I'm not paying attention. And I run over their mailbox. So, can you imagine I had to, I had to have that phone call. Like, so I understand that your loved one's dying and uh, sorry, I couldn't make it. And I, I ran over your mailbox. They're like, you did what? <laughs> yes. That is, that is a bad day. Yeah. That's a very bad day. So, and, and, and at that point I said, you know, I give up, I'm going home. I'm checking out for the day. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Like, and functionality has reached an end. <laughs> yeah. So what did you do? What did you do on this? I slept, I just slept on it. But, yeah. then, but that's the thing, actually, there's something about it, that whole idea of sleeping on it, like it, like on a natural level, before we get into the rules of discernment, because there's going to be a lot of tools that are going to give us for bad days. There's just something for like, if you can persevere, go to sleep and wake up the next day, I feel like statistically, you're probably going to be better. Now, granted, if you're so anxious that you can't go to sleep, that's going to be a problem. But yeah. That's one of my natural ways to deal with when I'm dealing, having a hard time is take a nap. So I'm glad that you said it first. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like, and I think I'm, I'm just going to, you know, you know, be like Elijah, eat a snack, take a nap. You know, those are gifts from God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah walk um, us through, like what bad days for you bad days well like really really bad days i have 
had to there there have been the type of bad days where you can't sleep it off and it's like the pacing around the room stress um Mm. bad day and i'm not going to tell the story because it's too personal but it was really bad so bad that i had the i was overseas in italy i had the key to the chapel and i went and i sat in the blessed sacrament chapel and just sat i was just there with jesus because i was like okay to whom else should i go i will go to you know i will go to blessed sacrament room the it um the eucharist was in the tabernacle not exposed we didn't have uh exposed exposed eucharist but that is when things are that bad that's what that's how i respond and i think because i respond that way it hasn't i haven't had that many bad days i think you know, produced by the enemy, that many, that type of bad days um, in temptation, because that's, I have just figured out, like, if I just go to Christ first, I can handle it. Yeah. And that's so, going to be, and that's going to be the, 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 the core of the mesh message of the exercises. What they're going to do is they're going to flesh it out a little bit that, that, that will kind of, but let's first, before we get into the strategies, I don't know how much, um, well, I mean, we're probably going to be talking about strategies a lot um, mm-hmm. for the, the next few segments. Well, let's get into rule four. So spiritual desolation. I call desolation what is entirely the opposite of what is described in the third rule as darkness of soul. soul, soul. So I think it's, I like the images. I almost feel like we could highlight those like darkness of soul, turmoil of spirit, inclination to what is low and earthly. So like, I actually want to stop there for a second darkness of soul like it's it's almost like a feeling like a cloud like you ever seen those like, you ever seen those like vi- like videos or whatever where they're describing like depression or whatever and like there's a cloud over somebody and mm-hmm. it's raining mm-hmm. yeah. that makes sense yeah and and just like that feeling it's almost even a heavy feeling yeah um and if we were integrating some of the stuff from the catholic mindfulness and stuff like that it is tied with a physical sensation like part of discernment is actually recognizing the physical sensation, not just the thoughts. Right. Yeah. And, and how everything is interconnected and how, what you do um, and the response to what you do. Right. Yeah. Like how you handle the, the desolation helps um, with the movement forward. Exactly. Exactly. I would say the line from Ecclesiastes always come to mind too. Vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so turmoil of spirit. So turmoil. And that's kind of like your, like that pacing feeling like I just need to get out and do something or whatever, like that anxious, not rested feeling. Um, inclination was low and earthly. So I think one of the things that if you look at it, you're talking about, the antidote of turning outwards towards Christ, the desolation is like the opposite where we turn inward. You know, I know for um, a lot of times the thought traps that arise are things like nobody loves me. Woe is me. I'm all by myself. Nobody cares about me. I'm not supported. You know, um, nobody appreciates me. So in restlessness rising from many disturbances and temptations, which lead to want of faith, want of hope, want of love so lacking faith hope and love so faith being trust surrendering lack of hope lack of love 
The soul is wholly slothful, tepid, sad, and separated, as it were, from its creator and Lord. You know, it was interesting. When I was at um, IPF, Institute for Priestly Formation, I didn't need this because I'm kind of a touchy-feely dude, but they, they actually gave like a word bank to a bunch of the seminarians. Like, like here's a word bank of possible feelings you can have. You know, try to like use this word bank. Because sometimes people have a hard time naming what they're feeling. So this actually gives us a lot of language to use, which maybe that's even worth considering is like the language on what you're experiencing. Right. And well, and I think it's about being aware enough to be able to use language with it. Because I think part of, part of when, especially when you have a first have a, uh, your conversion, it can be, if you have desolation, if you could become upon desolation, you might not know what's going on. Yeah. You know, so, so being aware is the first step and then you can label it, right? You can say, Oh, I f like, I feel slothful. I feel heavy. You know, like I feel hopeless. Like what's happening? You know, like this is not a normal response for me. Like what is going on? Am I being attacked? Am I, you know, in well, this isn't, it, isn't it a certain maturity? Like if you sit back and go, I'm just having a bad day. Like this today just stinks. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to try to do better tomorrow. You know, I mean, that kind of, that kind of mentality, but there could be something just simply saying that because like a lot of times when I do spiritual direction with somebody, like if somebody was coming to me, let's say they were having a bad day and they're kind of dumping and they're like, my husband doesn't love me, you know, whatever. Cause I do a lot of spiritual with women or men. Nobody loves me. I'm not supported. Nobody cares. You go, Oh, you're kind of having like a bad day, right? Like a lot of darkness, you know, a lot of turmoil. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What if you just kind of didn't give into this and just work, wait, wait until passing judgment until you have a better day. Something like that. Okay. That makes sense. And, and it's, Oh, it's so hard to hear though, when you're having a bad day and yeah. you have, they say, well, maybe you should be patient <laughs> and hold that thought. Cause that's the next topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how do you help people with a, how, how do you help people with a bad day? But well, that, that, but it is, is that language? Cause well, it's funny once you are able to say it and recognize it and pay attention, you're halfway towards resolving it. Like, you're a lot of a way towards resolving. Like I've heard it said in one book of psychology, if a person can stop and say, wow, I'm really angry. They're already like a majority of the way towards being less angry. It's like they that. Can assess it. They can look at it from an objective pos position. Cause when you're angry, you're not being objective. You're, you're feeling you're in the midst of the feeling and not thinking it through in that way. Mm -hmm. And you're like closed off and you're like in your head, your focus narrows. Cause I was actually, I was talking with somebody who's spiritual direction today about this. I said, you can almost like, like strategies you can use in the moment is like, if you imagine a camera looking down on you, like in a situation where you're like outside of yourself, seeing yourself and seeing the whole situation, doing things like that will actually like calm you down a little bit or right help you at least to see it maybe from a different perspective so that you can process it. And, you know, if it takes, you take a long time like me, it might take a little while to process, um, but at least you can see it from a different perspective 
you know, objectively where you can look at something and say, okay, well, this is what happened here and this is what happened here. And this is what I did. And this is how I felt when I did it. Was that, was that a legitimate response? You know, <laughs> like, was I right or was I not right? And then to be able, I mean, I feel like that also takes maturity. Yeah. Notice that's what it, we're striving towards. Right. Yeah. Notice it to be able to look at it objectively and then to be able to ask yourself if you were wrong. Thanks again for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to be continuing to have conversations with Alana Bergen with other people on the podcast. I just like that opportunity to kind of flesh out my ideas in the company of friends. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Please like, share, comment. Um, let people know about the podcast. If you've enjoyed this, if you found this content enriching, um, leave us reviews. Um, whichever way you can help us promote it, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. God bless.